people, my public, my friends, and welcome back after a long hiatus to Coyote Calls with me, your host, Mike Chirpak. And I gotta say, it is a pleasure to be back. Sitting on the bench just was never my favorite thing to do. Now, don't get me wrong, I might only be able to play for 30 to 40 seconds at a time, but when I do, I will give it my all. And that's my promise to you here as well. We're going to be going into what I like to call the playoffs. And I know a lot of people are calling it a lot of things, um, elimination round, buy-in, whatever. But make no mistake, there's not a single guy on the Coyotes roster or any team in the league that's looking at this as anything other than the start of the playoffs. You win, you win, you win, and you keep on playing. Otherwise, you go home. And that, my friends, is exciting playoff hockey. We're going to take a look at a couple of different things today. Um, not a whole lot on stats because, as I'm sure you're all aware, once we start the postseason, everything is starting over. Goals against average, goals, assists, penalty minutes, all of that stuff all at zero and we start all over again and that may bode well for the coyotes because you know at the beginning of the 2019 2020 season they looked great october november even a little bit into december the coyotes were a team that were definitely playoff bound and did not finish that way in fact if it wasn't for the shortened season, I don't think we would be watching the Coyotes play at this time. We'd be waiting until this October before we get a chance to see them. So a couple of ways to look at this, both pessimistically and optimistically. Let's start with the shortened pessimistic view because I'm really more of an optimist. But from a pessimist view, we didn't look that good in February you know, going into March, and there was a lot of doubt out there whether, you know, hey, was the Phil Kessel experience uh, or experiment really going to be a uh, successful one? It didn't seem that way to me. He had a couple of timely goals, but for the most part, I just didn't see what everybody else was seeing as far as the hype goes. Um, and now I understand, you know, after everything was said and done, he was saying that he was playing injured through a lot of the season, and but now he's healthy and he's looking good. Uh, also, you know, what's Taylor Hall going to do? Uh, from a pessimist perspective, I thought that it kind of kind of brought the team down a little bit when he joined them. And let me talk about that just as a former amateur player. There's a couple of different ways that players on the bench look at an acquisition like Taylor Hall. On the one hand, you got guys on the bench that are excited. Holy smokes, look at who we just brought in. This is a major force now joining our team. But truth be told, there are also guys on the bench going, what the heck? I mean, we're winning here. And, uh, I'm lead and I'm not saying any of the leaders on the team would say this, but I'm just saying there are guys that can say it. I'm doing my part. I, I'm putting up points. We're winning games. What are you bringing this guy in? Everybody's now going to talk about this guy instead of talking about those of us who have been with the team and uh, 
putting in our work and doing our job and being successful, and now we're overshadowed. And chemistry is a big part of hockey, other sports as well, but especially hockey, where you know you have the same few guys playing together, game in and game out, getting to know each other on and off the ice. There's a lot of chemistry there, and sometimes that chemistry is working for you and sometimes against you. And uh, by the time March rolled around, I just didn't see where there was a whole lot of chemistry. Flashes of brilliance, absolutely. Flashes of chemistry, absolutely. But nothing where I went, well, yeah, this was a no-brainer. What a great acquisition. With that said, those are really the only pessimistic remarks I have. I'm going to ignore what happened from the acquisition of Taylor Hall on, and I'm going to focus on instead the beginning of the season in 2019 because that's what we're looking at now is the beginning of a new season, a playoff season. And if the Coyotes can go into this playoff season the way they went into the 2019 regular season, I think they've got a really good shot here. Let's talk about it just a little bit. Um, going back to Kessel and Hall. This is a fantastic opportunity that, quite honestly, they did not have going through the rest of March and into the beginning of April to showcase themselves. This is an opportunity for these two guys to sell themselves, um, not so much to the Coyotes, but to other teams around the league. And, uh, you know, to be able to come out here now and play playoff hockey, meaningful hockey, put points on the board, and show themselves to be forces to be reckoned with, this makes them very um, valuable commodities going into what will be a shortened offseason. So I'm looking for Phil Kessel, who now says he is 100% ready to go. Um, Tockett says that he is already demonstrating the leadership he was hoped to see from him, hoping to see from him at the beginning of the 2019 season. And I, I'm pulling for him. I, I know that I gave him a lot of crap and I came down hard on him, but, you know, he's a Stanley Cup winner. So if he's not playing well, then you dump on him. And if he's playing well, then you praise him. And that's just the way I feel about it. Taylor Hall, same situation. You know, here's an opportunity to show um, not just those of us in Arizona, but all across uh, the NHL that he is deservedly a former MVP and that it wasn't just a fluke. And for both of these guys to be able to show that they don't need a team of all-stars around them in order for them to shine, I think that's very important and should light a fire under them. So let's explore a little bit more about Stanley Cup experience I mentioned with Phil Kessel, uh, the entire team. I read a report the other day they were talking about playoff experience on the different teams. There are 16 players out of the 22 on the Coyotes roster that have playoff experience. Um, they have, I think, six that have played in the finals, and they have several that have won the Stanley Cup at least once. 
And when you're going into the uh, postseason, to have that kind of veteran experience in the locker room as well as on the ice, it pays huge dividends, huge. From the coach on down, you have guys that have been a part of very meaningful games, and here they are now able to show leadership and bring the rest of the guys up to that level, which I'm hoping we will see. I want to also talk a little bit about the opportunity we have to steal some games down the line. You know what? Let, let me let me put the brake on that. I was going to talk about goaltending for a second, but let me put the brakes on that. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We still have to win a couple of three games from the Nashville Predators. But I got to tell you, if you've been watching Coyotes for a while, I like that we pulled Nashville as a team to play against. I, I'd have been happy against teams like Nashville or Chicago, who we uh, play very well against these teams. So to pull Nashville, I think it's a great opportunity. We have proven over and over again that we can get to Pecorini. And then their other netminder is somebody that has zero playoff experience. And although he's proven himself to be a quality goalie, I don't think he has yet proven himself to be a clutch goalie um, or a great goalie. And so this first matchup, uh, I think, is very good for the Coyotes and is in their favor. Uh, and to go forward beyond that, the other thing that I like is that showing what the Coyotes showed in the beginning of the 2019 season, uh, you know, 2019 through January, there's not a team out there that we need to be afraid of, in my opinion. And that's huge. You know, there are guys whose job it is to break down your opponent. Whoever you're playing now, whoever you're playing next, coaches, um, scouts, statisticians, guys that are going to be going over film and then presenting it to the players. But when you're on the bench and you don't have to deal with that, when you're on the bench and you know that you've beaten these guys before, when you're on the bench and you know no matter the talent level, whether it's the Washington Capitals or the Tampa Bay Lightning, no matter who it is, you've beaten these guys before. You've gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with the best players in the league and you've come out victorious. That's huge from a motivational standpoint. Okay, jumping back to goaltending, at some point, whether it's in the first three to five games or further on, in the playoffs, no matter who you are, you're going to have to rely on goaltending to steal games for you. And we have two of the best player uh, goalies in the entire league. I mean, two of, I would say two of the 10 best goalies in the entire NHL are on the Coyotes team. And it's wonderful when you can have not just those two quality goaltenders, but them competing with each other for playoff hockey time. And I think that when you look at what's going to win in the next month, of hockey. It's going to be the teams that come out fast. It's going to be the teams that come out strong. It's going to be the teams that are playing with chemistry, but most it's going to be the teams that have solid goaltending because no matter what, teams are going to have rust. And if your goalie can make timely, 
fantastic saves if the goalies can keep less than 2.0 goals against average you don't need to do a lot offensively to win a couple of games and that's what it's going to take to get through nashville and move on we're going to take a very very short break and then i'm going to come back and we're going to wrap things up here with this first edition back after a long hiatus we're talking playoff hockey don't go anywhere be right back with you If you are looking for an exciting, non-stop, non-contact sport, utilizing many of the strategies of hockey, you have got to try out the new sport of Sabaki Ball. You can get more information about Sabaki Ball at S-A-B-A-K-I-Ball.com. That's SabakiBall.com. We are back, and wanted to talk a little bit about some other guys on the team that I'm very excited to see in the playoffs. Number one, you know, my boy, Mr. Connor Garland, who, you know, was injured near the uh, break in the regular season back in March, and um, now he's healthy, 100% from what I understand. And I'm really excited to see how this young man responds to playoff hockey because, as all of you know, if you've been listening to me at all, I probably spend a good two minutes out of every 20-minute podcast talking about Connor Garland. And I always go back to a couple of years ago. Hey, man, when you're a guy that scores a goal off of your face, then comes back back off the bench with stitches in your head and score another goal standing in exactly the same spot, that's a guy you want on your bench when you're in playoff hockey because those are the kind of guys that win games. Those are the kind of guys who win games. But I'm also looking at guys like Schmaltz, Oliver ekman Larson. I'm really excited to see Dvorak and how he responds to his first time in playoff hockey. Some of these young guys that we've been bringing up, Keller, guys that we've been building this team around, and now they have a chance to show just what they mean to this team moving forward. And I'm not even worried so much with the team in this regard, I'm not worried so much with the team's success overall, but with the individual battles. If Clayton Keller can come out and demonstrate that he can play in these games and be somebody that the opponent has to stay on, that they have to pay attention to, somebody that picks up a couple of timely goals, makes his presence known. That's big when you're a rookie. And I know he's not a rookie, but I consider him a rookie. And until his play shows me otherwise, I definitely consider him a rookie. So going into a third year, to be able to get this experience and show what you're capable of, Connor Garland, Clayton Keller, these young guys have an opportunity now to really solidify themselves as important integral parts of the Arizona Coyotes. And defensively, I would love to see guys like Valmerson, DeBears, be able to wrap themselves up 
in a run towards the Stanley Cup, whether whether it's a successful run all the way to the Cup or not, for these guys to be able to get out there. And uh, uh, Golagowski, you know, some of these guys that have been playing hockey for a while now, to have this opportunity with a lot of talent on this team, in my opinion. And quite frankly, if you listen to broadcasts from around the NHL, I don't think anybody's taking the Coyotes very lightly. So as a defensive team, which, you know, Coach Tockett, he's a defensive-minded coach. And all right, so now look, don't be a hater, don't yell. I don't want to hear your complaints about they're not a defensive. They are. Now, the fact of the matter is the way the Coyotes play the best is when they're able to absorb the first wave of an offensive attack, quickly transition the game from the defensive end, move the puck up the ice, and take the defense into the offense. And I know that seems cliche, but it's not as easy as you might think. Being able to stop that initial offensive attack by your opponent, gain control of the puck, and then move it up ice. If you've been watching the Coyotes for even just the last few years, let's say the last three or four years, you know that moving the puck out of their own end is almost like an Achilles heel for them. It seems to consistently take them three, four attempts to get that puck out of the defensive zone. But they are a strong defensive team. And in fact, if you think about it, I think that they finished up the first half of the season anyway, the 2019-20 season, the first half of the season, they were, if not the leaders, among the leaders in uh, goals against per game. They had the stingiest uh, penalty kill, uh, absolutely fantastic on the penalty kill. And so I'm, I'm interested to see how this Tocket brand of Coyotes defensive hockey plays into a playoff scenario. And if we can couple that with, you know, we had a pretty strong power play a few years ago, and then we lost it last year and then uh, the current season as well. And I know they're working on it hard in practice right now. But if they can continue to play the stingy defense that they're now known for, if they can come out and can continue to be consistent on the penalty kill, and now just go ahead and get those um, big Kessel goals, those big Taylor Hall goals, a couple of scrappy Connor Garland goals, and uh, on the power play, this could be a very strong, long run for the Arizona Coyotes this playoff season. I'd love to hear what you guys have to think. This was uh, maybe a little bit of a rough start to getting back into the podcast thing. It's been a long time since I've done one. I certainly appreciate it. Even if it's just one or two or three of you that are actually listening to the podcast, it makes it so much worth my time. I'm excited to talk about the Coyotes. I'm excited to watch the playoff start. I hope you are too. Hit me up on Twitter at Coyote Calls. You can also catch me on Facebook at Coyote Coyote Calls podcast. Let me hear from you. Go boys. Wish you luck. Excited to see you play. Catch you next time.